Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey, yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of Nation Extreme Wrestling, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, and more. Whether it's then, now, or new, we're here to break it down. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Wyatt Arndt the Stanchion. Wyatt, how are you doing today? Excuse me, it's award-winning journalist, Wyatt Arndt. You get the intro wrong every time, just get it right once. That's all I ask. Award-winning journalist, whether or not that's an award he created and gave to himself, uh, Wyatt Arndt the Stanchion. And we're also joined by the architect, Mike Paris. Mike, how are you? I'm well, guys. Uh, I want you to know that I had a conversation with my father, and it was a constructive one. And he Clive, he, Clive, Clive has told me that I'm no longer allowed to do the quizzes because uh, no one knew the answers to that bullshit in in those bogus uh, in those words. I got some. <laughs> so Look. I've been I've been quizzed for Bowden. That's, I mean, it's smart. I, I, as an award-winning journalist, I had to research for hours afterwards to even get those. So, I mean, what, what can layman like Bowman expect to do in that? I mean, come on. It was it was too tough. I agree. Your father's a smart man. No it's more true. quizzes for Mike. We're just going to sit here and forget that I got some right. That's what we're <laughs> going to do. That's what we're going to do. and all that. Broken clock and all that. But, yeah. It's right twice a day, and I think I got more than two right, but fair enough. <laughs> I've just been entirely redconned. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Man, Clive, bring in the heat. See, there's a reason why I'm the quiz master. Like, when I see someone needing a helping hand, I help them out of the water, whereas Paris just shoved my head under the water, and that was mean. It was, it was cruel. I like to see it. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed, <laughs> I, enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing that happen a little bit. Uh, gentlemen, we got quite a few uh, new happenings in NEW. I say we get right to it. We talked about quizzes. We talked about trivia. Folks, I, I got a trivia question for you two. Is that exciting? Uh-oh. It's started already. What's the name of the WCW uh, NWO-centric pay-per-view event that ran from January 1997 to 2000? What? WrestleMania. No. Starcade? No. New Blood Rising. No. (laughs) Guys, you got to leave the quizzes to me. I don't know why we keep doing this new quiz master every week. Is this for real? Do you guys not know? Mike's dad's going to be real mad at I you now, Bowman. I, I, I might be a little confused on the question. But. 
The NWO-centric pay-per-view event NWO that WCW okay. ran from January 97 to 2000. So, like, it Silver was every slam. January? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought January was Starcade. No? December was Starcade. <laughs> What's a pay-per-view? Can we just cycle it back to what a pay-per-view is? All right, I'll bite. What's a pay-per-view? <laughs> I I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. I'm trying to have some fun with this, trying to gussy it up a little bit and put some showmanship on this, but the name of the pay-per-view... Sold out! Sold out! Yes! <laughs> Which I then transitioned into saying that NEW1 on September 11th is... Star SummerSlam! <laughs> oh. It is sold out, the 7 p.m. show, sold out in a couple days. Super, super exciting. We are so pumped to be able to see you guys live and in action, those who were fortunate enough to get tickets to NEW1. Uh, a lot of news happening this week, including the monster acquisitions of Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Veda Scott. Uh, guys, your initial thoughts on those two hot new signings. It's fun. It shows that NEW is aiming big. And, like, you know, obviously a lot of the local names are already part of NEW, and that's exciting. But the fact they're able to get people that are kind of outside the market and bring them in and just, you know, get some new matchups and uh, just a lot of fun, right? Like, that, again, shows the picture, the big picture they have in mind. And if you couldn't, I was already excited about the shows to begin with, and now I'm super excited about it. Like, they keep adding more talent. It's awesome. The fact that we can get uh, out of Nicole Matthews, a wrestler who's been around for the better part of two decades now, she has two first-time matches in the same day. And that's a pretty cool pretty cool thing that we're about to see. And then Speedball Mike Bailey is one of the top indie talents in the world right now. And so to be able to put him, uh, to put the NEW name to him is, is a big deal. Absolutely. So although the 7 p.m. show was starcaded and summer slammed, uh, the tickets for the 2 p.m. show on September Halloween 11th Havoc. are yep. still shut up, <laughs> are still available at nationextremewrestling.com. If you think the 7 p.m. card is good, the 2 p.m. show is going to be super special, too. We've got the wise men taking on the Illa tribe, Parm Singh man versus Bishop. Oh, poor Parm. Rest in peace now. Yes. Sorry, Parm. Sorry, Parm. <laughs> this could be your last chance yeah, to see Parm, Yeah, the one and only fight you'll see Parm. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to be thrown through a, through a window at, at oh, the uh, game stadium and never come poor back. Poor Parm. Parm's going to be the He's going to be the one, two, three kid of NEW. I'm taking every penny that I own Bishop. <laughs> and I'm putting it on Parm. He's going to win that match. We've also got Malik Mello versus Artemis Spencer, Ooh. Elliot Tyler and Randy Myers versus Alex Plexus and Sebastian Wolf. And you know Christopher Cassidy's going to be in their corner, eh, Wyatt? Oh, he's one of the best managers in the business. He's, he's my boy. So he's they're guaranteeing a win right now for Plexus and Wolf. Oh, I'm okay. guaranteeing it right now. Evan Rivers will be taking on Fergie. The Voros twins will be taking on Reloaded. And Mike Paris, you just mentioned it yourself. Veda Scott versus Nicole Matthews. What a damn card that is. Yeah, I'm just super excited to to be able to see that happen. Uh, Veda Scott, I believe Veda Scott and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey are an item, right? Is that the thing? They're married. They're married. Excellent. So uh, being able to bring them both on uh, is a big deal. And I, I assume, I hope that Mike Bailey gets added to the card somewhere. Or maybe we uh, get some sort of tag team feud going between uh, them and Artemis and Nicole. Who knows what's coming down the pike? But I, I want to see it one way or the other. As far uh, as those new matches go, Wyatt, yeah. uh, any of those really jump out at you that you're excited to see? 
No, I want to see Nicole Matthews and Veda Scott. I think for, you know, that's one of the things when New came along is just finding enough woman competition for Nicole. And on the West Coast, she's fought everyone. So the more people you can bring in that are new matchups for her, that's a lot of fun. So I think just seeing what those two have up their sleeves would be great. And again, anytime we see Nicole Matthews fight, I, I want to see if she's going to be thrown into a ladder because I think there was one year, it's 2018, I believe, she was thrown into many, many ladders. If you saw Shanna Baszler powerbomb the shit out of Nicole into a ladder, it's one of my favorite gifts I've ever seen. Like it was harsh. So I do want to see if a ladder gets involved. So it probably won't. I'm putting a lot of pressure on them. I hope there's a ladder, Nicole, but I do want to see it one day. Now they're going to chant, we want ladders. Yeah, just me. It's going to be all your <laughs> fault, sir. <laughs> it's going to be an absolutely incredible day and night of wrestling on September 11th at the Gaming Stadium in Richmond. Again, get your tickets at nationextremewrestling.com. There is limited seating available. Uh, Wyatt, you had an interview with uh, Christopher Cassidy. Last week, your your journalistic exclusive, your investigative journey. I, I did. Yeah, gotta say it wasn't uh, wasn't super super balanced. That's just me putting that out there. <clears throat> okay, see that hurts. That hurts. Uh, I I pride myself on being an ordering journalist. I see Paris making faces at me. What's what's on your mind? Well, I'm just Mike? thinking that there's no possible way that one of your awards is for journalistic integrity. You might you might have the scoops, but uh, I'm questioning where your allegiances lie here. Uh, I wish there was a paper you named Out of Line that Bowman could reference, because that's just what you were right now, sir. Uh, out of Line. Actually, uh, Ring of Honor in 2008 <laughs> ran a one-time event called Out of Line from the Buffalo Civic Center. Uh, no, there was never an Out of Line. Wait, wait, what was the main event in that card, 2008? Can you, can you name it for me, sir? I believe it was um, the prodigy Mike Bennett versus uh, Jay Lethal and Jamie Gibson in a triple threat. I don't know. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, obviously, you guys insult my uh, my intelligence and my credibility, and it's upsetting. Uh, you think, obviously, I talked to Casty about the show in question. I talked to him for at least 17 hours straight. We just talked. We shot the wow. shit. I asked him a lot of questions. I know it was a long time. The guy can talk. Uh, and I talked to him about more than just the show. So I, I believe we have more footage if you want to roll. Like, I asked him the hard-hitting questions. I'm a hard-hitting journalist. I, I mean, I, who, who else gets to the bottom of hockey like I do? No one. So I had to get to the bottom of the wrestling business with Cassidy. So, Bowman, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've got the audio. Yeah, it's funny. So you want me to throw to the audio footage, do you? <laughs> yeah, the audio footage. Yeah, it's audio footage. Okay. Yep. Yeah, there's a, there's a video of the audio line going back and forth, I believe. <laughs> All right, let's throw to the audio footage, Wyatt, an investigative journey with Christopher Cassidy, part two. Again, you know, you were last seen managing Nicole Matthews, and now you've got Plexus back. Obviously, Plexus and Matthews have a big history together. You know, I won't get into who screwed who. I, mean, I kind of agree with Plexus, but not, not for me to say right now. But what's, what's your current relationship status like with Nicole Matthews? Do you think you'd ever see her back in the fold? Can, she, can you manage to make them work together? What's, what's going on with that? I will just say that an individual can own many guns. And you don't just have to fire one gun at a time. You can hold two guns in two hands and still be the same person. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Again, fair enough, sir. Now, again, objectivity. I got a question. I have to ask you some of the hard questions. Again, I apologize. It's the higher-ups pressing down on me. I am the dummy that signed the clause. It's on me. What do you say to people out there that mistrust you? They think that you're not ethically or morally sound. Um, I have a quote here from one of the new workers I got. You know, I'm gonna, I'll protect their identity. You know, redaction, you know all about that. So let's just say it's from a beef B. Uh, who says that, uh, I don't know how much you can trust the guy. It seems like he's always looking for the next big thing, and it's hard to know where his loyalties lie. Plus, never trust a lawyer in a bad suit. 
Seems like a bit of a shot at the end. Um, I'm sorry. What was that last bit there? Can you just repeat that for me? A quote for, again from someone named Beef B. Plus, never trust a lawyer in a bad suit. Well, perhaps he wasn't talking about me then because... Okay, just I'm just going to give you the opportunity here. How much do you think my lavender-colored suit costs? How much? It, it's got to be in the thousands, I would, I would assume. That is bespoke couture there so maybe he wasn't talking about me i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna just postulate on the off chance that he was talking about me <sighs> jealousy doesn't look good on anybody all right i'm just saying to me that speaks like somebody that didn't have the money to come up with the, with with what they needed to get my services they found out what the price tag was and then they had sticker shock okay all right so untrustworthy that is just that slander first of all especially in my profession i am completely capable of trust talk with alex plexus talk with nicole matthews talk with the voros twins i am trust with a capital t all right so jealousy jealousy and pettiness that's what i would put that to Again, I, I, I want to reiterate, it wasn't me asking that. I'm sorry I had to do this. And I got I got one more quote here. It's not it's not favorable. Uh, it's from a famous photographer named Ray Erner, who said, and I quote, I wouldn't trust him to manage a lemonade stand. Ray Erner owes me 15 bucks, okay? I'm just saying here and now, trust me, I'll run a lemonade stand. He Okay, he's a guy that owes me money and he's going to say something like that. I remember, okay? I've got a list of things that people owe me. And he owes me respect and 15 bucks all right did, did he buy lemonade did he buy lemonade from you is that where, where, where did that come from that 15 dollars we were out at subway together and i got him a combo meal and yes it came with lemonade all right okay well did he get a tuna sub you know again i'm fascinated by his eating habits what did he buy do you remember his eating habits are just bizarre because i he was he said that he was uh uh, cutting at the time and so he got a sub but there was no bread attack like it was just the fix it it was just it's like a bag of lettuce yeah it was just a bag of lettuce <laughs> and then some meat and i'm just saying talk about trust are you gonna trust a person like that let's go get sandwiches pass me that bag of meat strange again sir i want to thank you for doing this and we will take it off air because i i do think i have a good payment plan with you i do need you to represent me i'm just tired of bowman and paris pushing me around we're very we, we have a the very responsibly put together plans it's their they they go from three five and seven year one so we can start off out something okay okay that's i've you know i've i've heard just about enough of that footage look look Wyatt, I, uh, <laughs> next time you do this you know if you could be a little bit more you know impartial you're supposed to be an investigative reporter but you know you're really leaning into cassidy's side on a lot of things yeah i, I can't get over this you're trying to recruit him to like go against us like as the architect i can't i can't stand for this look obviously i have business on the side but i can remain objective i can like again I, i'm just doing my job out there who else can find whoever this mysterious beef B is. I'll find out who that is too. I'm going to dig deep. You know, it's redacted, but I'll find out who said that because I don't want anyone besmirching the name of Cassidy. I think that's unfair. So I'm going to look at all the lines, all, all the stories, and I'm going to break down the truth for all of you guys. So I, it's just like, look, you don't win awards like I do without hitting the ground, hitting the pavement, and finding all the real stories. Okay? Before we move on, I'm just going to ask you, what's the name of one award that you have won? Just uh, one. There's one. It's the Audio Footage Awards, and it's in 2022. Uh, they're having the next award uh, ceremony. So I'll, I'll get you guys footage of that one if you want. Next week, we'll get that footage, okay? That's one-time Audio Footage Award winner, Wyatt Art. The That's stand. just one of them, one of many. <laughs> okay. Do your own I research asked... for once, all right? I'm not going to research myself, okay? I, 
I asked him to name one, and that's what I got. So, all right, uh, we are going to move on to the wide world of wrestling. Okay, still a lot happening in the world of wrestling. CM Punk's debut still reverberating throughout AEW. WWE's counter move of bringing in Wyatt's favorite wrestler of all time, Brock Lesnar, uh, and what they're doing to try and match the uh, the heat. But we are in the final build. We are less than a week away from All Out on September 5th. Uh, Paris, how excited are you to see this AEW pay-per-view coming up next week? I don't like paying for wrestling uh let's say that much and it's been a long time since i've paid for a pay-per-view uh, aside from the network of course uh but i'm strongly considering dropping some money on this one because i do not want to be out of the loop here i don't spend enough time with my girlfriend as it is but i told her <laughs> sunday night sorry i'm booked i am also i'm buying this pay-per-view I'm psyched. I've been watching everything on the WWE Network for a long time. I've caught some AEW broadcasts like after the fact, but I'll be there 5 p.m. Sunday, September 5th, and I'm plunking down my money to watch this pay-per-view. And, I, man, I'm excited the way I haven't been for a pay-per-view in a long time. Yeah, again, um, loved Punk when he came back, but I'm, you know, if you, it's like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. I'm a Daniel Bryan guy. So I'll be watching uh, every show until Daniel Bryan shows up because you have the rumors. It might come sooner rather than later. And I don't care. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to have Twitter ruin it for me. I want to live in the moment and just see that, that, that come down the pipes. He's writing letters on his shoes now. What? Like, there's letters. He, he's been doing <laughs> yeah. that since the start. There's been an AC, a BW, and a CF written on CM Punk's but shoes no over the last several weeks. No BD yet. That's true. Or, or do, DB. Do, do we have audio footage of any of this? No, we probably don't. So, you're anyways, our guy. Yeah. If we did, you'd be the guy who had the exactly. Audio so I'll look into it. I'll look into it for later. You're the award winner around here. Uh, thank, but you, anyway. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, but you know, I, I like the build here. I like the breadcrumbs. As uh, as we might talk a bit about later. Um, who knows if the Adam Cole thing is is going to happen? But but things have escalated. Uh, is this his recruitment tactic, his subtle uh, please come and join me tactic, uh, or is this hints? Uh, but of course, he dropped a big hint uh, this week, which was uh, uh, summoning the name of, of the Yes Chance and who they belong to. Yeah, he led them into that like a trap. And then when they started chanting yes, he said infamously, yeah, that's somebody else's gimmick, so you may have to uh, be a little bit more patient. And then the crowd didn't go as ballistic for that as I thought they would, but obviously Twitter just lit up over the seeming confirmation of what we've all been theorizing for a while is that, yeah, Brian Danielson is inbound. I'm going to tell you what WWE would do if this was Punk and WWE and you made that joke or that reference. Uh, the week next week, they would bring in Diego Sanchez and that would be their, we really got him because he did the yes chance first before Daniel Bryan. That would be what they would do just to make me hate wrestling. So I am looking forward because like you said, they, it's like one of those things where they're dangling bread crumbs and it's coming true and it's like, oh, that was kind of like, we're not used to it. Kind of like, oh, it actually, they did what they said they'd do and I kind of like it. Like it doesn't always have to be that way, but if this comes down the pipes, love it. So I guess they're going to bring in, like, I don't know, uh, Anderson Cooper. He's going to be the AC. Yeah, that, uh, exactly. is there. He's, uh, yeah. Uh, I can't think of a Bob. Awesome Bob Kong spelled wrong. Awesome Kong. <laughs> well, Impact owns Awesome Kong, so they got to go Kwong on it just to make it a little bit different. Just a little bit different. 
But that's what WWE would do. Like to your point, yeah. you know, they they would they would drop these breadcrumbs and then try to pull the rug out from underneath you. And uh, I don't think we're going that direction. But I think I'll say I do think it is more of a recruitment tactic. I don't think this is anything set in stone. This is him saying, "Let's get excited, drop the hints, and hopefully they'll be there." If he shows up on Dynamite or um, Rampage with RKO written on his shoes. That's going to be something else. Uh, well, we'll run down the card here. Mod uh, killings go, only. <laughs> yeah, go down the whole, yeah, go down the whole thing. Um, before I run down the card, uh, is there any matches off top of your head that just jump right out at you that you are most looking forward to watching? Let's take CM Punk Darby Allen out of it. And aside from that match, which ones jump out at you as the ones you're most excited to hear about or see? I like the build like these aren't two wrestlers that I get super excited about, but I really like the build of of uh, Kenny Omega and and Christian Cage. So I'm liking what I'm seeing there. Uh, Christian's a little, um, you know, uh, past his prime. Let's say that. And, uh, you and keep Kenny, attacking Canadians. Last week, Jericho. You thought Wyatt went all in on Brock Lesnar last week. You just go ahead and try and say a bad word about Christian. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not, I, I love the wrestler. Don't get me wrong. He's just, he can't go in the way he once could. And going against Kenny Omega might be a bit of a feat, but if Kenny can put anyone over, uh, or sorry, if, if Christian's going to get put over by anybody, it's going to be Kenny. So I, I, I'm excited to see it. And I like the, the story, how that has built. And I like where they're going with it. So. Yeah. What about you, Wyatt? Uh, from like just off the top of your head, what match are you most looking forward to on the card that isn't CM Punk and Darby Allen? Well, as an award-winning journalist, I can't be afraid to break rules. So I'm going to say it's CM Punk, Darby Allen, you piece of garbage. So that's what I want to see. You don't have to answer every question with as an award-winning journalist. I, I You've obviously like done your research. I'll talk to Cassidy. Uh, no, I do because Darby Allen seeing him in ECCW. I honestly, that's I, I want to see him on the big stage and just seeing him with CM Punk. That's doesn't as the personal thing. Like so watching him do a tag match here and having to get my friend Justin to go buy the tags for his match. I like it's fun to have that like being part of the ride of seeing this guy rise to the top. So uh, you know, screw your rules. I want to see that match the most. Fair enough. Do you think that main events or do you think the AEW World Title should be main eventing? I hope it's the title at main events, honestly. And I hope, I would hope that would be the case. Because remember when CM Punk was, you know, one of his biggest complaints was like he never got to main event when he was the, the title holder. And I think he would want to respect that, I would assume. But you never know. At the end of the day, they might know that everyone's there for CM Punk. I, honestly, in this case, I don't think I'd care too much, but I would still want the title to be the main thing. That's kind of their whole sports thing and making everything important. So I think that's maybe where they'll go with it. Yeah, it's hard to say because it is the big draw. But, uh, you know, once again, are they going to be just chanting CM Punk all night and we might want to just pull the curtain with that one and get it out of the way? People are still going to have dropped their 45 bucks or whatever it is, and they're probably going to stick around for the rest of the card. So it's not like you're going to lose people when you open the show with it. It might be something that they just want to get out of the way. And like you said, respect the, the title match. Yeah, because I think that was the Brock Lesnar thing a couple of years ago, where if he's not going on last, he wants to go on first. Or perhaps it was another wrestler that said that, but you don't want to put that in the middle of the card or anything. I think it's probably the best uh, best course of action to open with Punk versus uh, versus Darby Allen. People are going to be hot for the whole show no matter what. I don't think it'll lose any luster or steam. I'm really looking forward to uh, Pac and Andrade El Idolo. I think that's going to be really good. But the one I'm most looking forward to, it's now confirmed, it's going to be Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers in the steel cage uh they've had some amazing matches over their history in aew i think that's going to be absolutely bonkers and really really good 
Yeah, Steel Cage brings something a little bit new there. I'm not sure if we've seen them in that environment. I, I would worry if that was just a standard match that we might have seen it all before. Um, but Steel Cage adds a new element. And and just to go back to what we were talking about before, I think the one X-Factor element, and I said this when the uh, Women's Royal Rumble main evented instead of the main that one year, I was like, this is because Ronda Rousey is showing up. And so if Daniel Bryan's showing up or there is some other swerve coming, then maybe that does uh, have Punk closing the show. How do you know that he's not going to come out and confront Miro after he retains the TNT Championship against Eddie Kingston? Because no one wants to see that. That's Very not good. what we're here for. <laughs> well, yes, well. okay. <laughs> also, I hope uh, Eddie Kingston takes that belt because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm here for an Eddie Kingston title run. So they were rumblings and rumors of John Moxley taking on Tanahashi. Uh, they're still potentially building to that in the future, but he's going to be taking on uh, Kojima from, uh, from New Japan. Uh, Paris, are you are a little bit disappointed it's not going to be Tanahashi just yet, or do you want to see them maybe build to that a little bit more? Well, I also have a deep respect for bread, so uh, I'm here. I'm here for this match. Uh, no, I'm okay with you know. I like kind of the gimmick of of uh, Moxley fighting the J- Japanese guys. I think they want to fight him. I think he wants to fight them. This is his opportunity to do that on a main stage that maybe he didn't have before. Um, so I, I like keeping him in that role. It introduces those guys to to the fans in a in a star way. It doesn't take moxley way out of the picture he's still there uh but playing a different role that isn't necessarily involving the title so i like it i also like him and kingston though i thought that would have been a good tag to run with um but but yeah i I think we could still build to the big one here okay so last week on uh, dynamite chris jericho wanted another match with mjf mjf agreed if chris jericho puts his in-ring career in aew on the line that's going to be the stipulation uh for that match i mean we already did the five labors of jericho we saw them wrestle a couple weeks ago Wyatt, do you have a big amount of interest in watching jericho mjf one more time even with that stipulation a little bit less now. Again, and when it comes to like career on the line stuff, that's never been super interesting to me. Um, again, I'm always like, okay, it's like Fozzy have a tour date. I have to like, this is lining up with that. <clears throat> he really does. Again, if someone retires, they can come back anytime. So this is, it doesn't, I understand the gimmick of putting your career on the line because it doesn't mean a break from, from wrestling, but it's never been one that's been like, super like oh my god because even like you know the infamous like Shawn michaels i'm so sorry rick kicks him in the face would have been the best send-off ever but we see him all the time now so those sort of things aren't really impactful in terms of like me getting super interested by it i'm fine with these two guys in the ring again i'm not upset with watching that match again but i do feel like to wyatt's point the writing's a bit on the wall here i believe there is a fozzy tour coming there we go there's the, the there, <laughs> award-winning the journalist is hitting again <laughs> The Jericho Cruise is in October, um, so that's not AEW technically, so he can have a match there if he wants to. Uh, but I think I, I've always actually wanted to see how the Jericho Cruise and AEW kind of intermingle. I think it could actually be a interesting relationship that is a kind of a different uh, perspective on wrestling, and they could still run with the AEW t- uh, storylines through the Jericho Cruise, but I think that should pay his bills for the next six months or so, and then giving him the opportunity to A, take a break, and B come back with a little bit more flair. Yeah, I think I read recently they would be doing some roster loaning and roster splitting uh, and having some performers on the Jericho cruise with him doing matches and potentially furthering storylines, which would be cool to see. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, versus Chris Statlander for the AEW women's title. Uh, Are we all in agreement that Britt Baker should not be losing this title anytime soon? 
No, no. And especially like I like Statlander. I like her as a wrestler. I like her with the best friends crew. Um, I like that stable. But no, th this isn't a this isn't the time. And B, Statlander isn't the right wrestler to lose it to. Um, I don't know who the right wrestler is, to be honest with you. But I'd be totally happy with a lengthy Britt Baker run. Yeah, I think we talked about when we, it was our first show or second show about like what if Charlotte Flair came in is like Britt Baker ready for that? And then, you know, keep building up Britt right now. Keep building her up. There's no reason to make her lose. There's no obvious play on there from my opinion that'll make it make sense for her to lose the title so keep running with it for a while and yeah see what kind of big star you can make her because like she only she gets keeps getting better and better so yeah well you've got nine women tbd for the 21 women uh battle royal which will be opening up the show uh in there i'm just saying uh jade cargill is in there yeah we excited Woo! it's gonna be awesome yeah uh, i noticed how nobody is really talking about uh, QT Marshall versus uh, Paul White. Huh? You know, a little bit of that? Why would I want to talk about that? Just throwing it out there. No one wants to see that. What I will loop back to is you're, you're talking about Jade Cargill because I think she is the credible threat for Britt Baker. And But I think she needs a bit more of a build. She needs... Uh, to really commit one way or another, face or heel. Um, she needs to go all in with the character. And uh, right now it feels more heel-heel, which might not work. So uh, trying to get her into the face position, maybe giving her someone a little bit more credible to work with. I don't know who that guy is. Who's that guy? Who's the manager guy? <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> I forget his name. But anyway. Not much of a journalist right there. There is a guy who... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have won zero awards. Uh, it shows. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but anyway, give it, I think she might need a mouthpiece a little bit. Maybe a, a wrestler or another, uh, maybe another woman. Like, honestly, like Vicky Guerrero might be good, but she's she's with Nyla Rose right now. Um, but I think that Jade Cargill is, is the right wrestler, but I don't think the character's there right now, and I don't think the fan relationship is there right now for her to take that title. Now, look, as, as an award-winning journalist, I notice things that you guys might not, and I'm noticing a disturbing trend with Paris lately. Like, clearly doesn't like the Goldberg, doesn't like the old wrestlers, doesn't like Big Show, fine. But he's attacking Canadian wrestlers, you know, pretty religiously in the show. It was Jericho, and now it's uh, Christian, and then he threw another shot at Jericho in there. I don't know what he thinks about Edge, but I'm worried to ask him what he thinks about Edge right now. I like Edge. So yeah, I'm sorry. Award-winning journalist is worried to ask somebody a hard-hitting question. Hard question. Is yeah. that what I'm hearing? I'm I'm going to jump in there. Paris, what do you feel about Edge? Oh my God! How dare you? What is this gotcha journalism? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to do it the right way, Bowman. That's how I'm going to work. I don't do gotcha journalism to people. Otherwise, they don't respect me. They won't answer my questions. You got to finesse people. Mike, you're looking real handsome today. What do you think about Edge? <laughs> do you know what? Thank you. I see. I was gonna say negative things, but now my heart is too big. My heart is too warm. I can't say a negative thing. Uh, no, I I love what Edge is offering right now. Are we are we segueing into that? Uh, so sure are. No, okay, are. okay, good job. Uh, I would just like to note before we move forward that uh, her manager's name is Mark Sterling, Jade Cargill's manager. Anyway, smart Mark. Google. That's right, smart Mark Sterling. I I did my research. Yes. I'm hoping for a research award coming up soon. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> Edge, I I'm here for it. Uh, you know I am. Uh, I really liked uh, the Edge-Seth uh, Rollins match uh, last week. So I I was worried coming into this whole Edge experience, Edge experiment. Uh, I think those are his new finishers. Um, was that... 
<laughs> was that he didn't have what it takes to to go in the ring anymore, and he does. And he would kill Christian in the ring. Let's put it that way. Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh Hold God. on. Hot tag. Bullshit. How dare you? Take that back. <laughs> He's always been able to kill Christian in the ring, and he would today as well. Stop. No. <laughs> it's not true. Uh, let's shift into WWE here. An internal memo was sent throughout the company, apparently via email, that Adam Cole, baby, is no longer with the company. It is free agency season with Adam Cole, finishing up with WWE as of last Friday. Uh, okay, so he's the hottest free agent, I would think, in wrestling right now. Uh, you're Adam Cole. What decision is it that you make? Uh, well, I would explore my options and and i think that's exactly what he's doing i don't think that uh even though he isn't presently employed by the wwe i don't think that means he won't be employed by the wwe i think he's a shopping around for financial reasons i think b he's fine shopping around for creative reasons he doesn't want to go be Maybe we'll talk about this later, but I hate what what is happening to Karrion Cross right now, and I've never <laughs> been a Karrion Cross fan. But he doesn't want to be the next guy who squanders in the mid card on Raw, and he knows that if he goes to AEW, they'll do everything they can to push him to the top. But whether or not that makes financial sense, I think right now it makes sense for him from a lifestyle perspective because. WWE is going back on the road, as is AEW, but they're sticking closer, and they're with his wife, so that makes things easier. Um, so I think a lot of signs point to AEW, but like I said, when we kind of initially had this conversation, I would be surprised if he was that quick to uh, give up on what he has perceived to be his lifelong dream for for to just jump ship this quickly. Yeah, I mean, if I was ever a guy that's under six foot four, I'm going to be worried about what WWE is going to do with me, whether I'm flavor of the month or if they don't want to do with me. Look at Finn Balor, top of the world, and they still couldn't figure out what to do with him. You know, you can say the injury pushed him back, but I still don't think Vince knew what to do with Finn. And um, I know, again, Paris is being a bit of a coward today, doesn't want to say where he's going to end up. I'm going to call it now. Adam Cole is going to end up in NEW, clearly. And uh, I do want to say, yep. And I want to say, I hope in that email they did say Adam Cole, comma, baby, comma, has no longer with the company. They better have done that. <laughs> Whenever Just I mention him, I always put the parentheses baby on the show outline here. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be talking about a different Adam Cole. I understand. Um, <laughs> now, when though, just because we're on the topic, when was the last NXT call-up, quote-unquote, success story? Especially with the men. They were close with, they were flirting with it with Keith Lee. When Keith Lee had the Survivor Series, and then he had that moment at that Royal Rumble where Brock Lesnar was like, oh, big boy. But that's, like, they were that's real close. I know. Still flirtations. I know. <laughs> I know. This has proven I, I to be nothing. That, I think that might be it as far as like the most recent ones, and they blew that. But again, health issues with Keith Lee notwithstanding. Yeah, I think the most memorable ones, and it's not even recently, like Kevin Owens that came in strong, that was a good one, but he wasn't even there that long. So, but that, like, this, the whole, that was awesome. The him beating Cena was one of the surprising great moments we've had from WWE in a long time. But yeah, overall, if you're, again, Adam Cole, you had, you're arguably the greatest NXT superstar. You've had such a fantastic run. You were so over. You, you, you know, let's say WWE is your dream. If you just look and talk to all your friends and look what's happened to them, I'd still be worried, like, are they going to know what to do with me? And even if they do want to keep me because they're worried about, like, he's maybe one of the few guys that WWE doesn't want to get to the competition because they know he might kind of elevate at a higher level. Uh, I would still be sitting there going, like, are they just keeping me around and paying me money? And I'm like... There's AEW, you know, you know, girlfriend aside, that's a place that 
let you live your creative dreams. That is wrestling at its core. And Adam Cole seems like one of those guys that loves wrestling. Look at being on the lead. Like remember when Adam Cole died on being the elite, whatever it was like, he just loves <laughs> wrestling, right? Like there's so much fun to be had friends there that like, honestly, I know it's the obvious choice, but it feels like, like I know everyone has that dream of, of headlining WrestleMania, but I think you'd want to day one the day want to have fun and, and love wrestling. And, and I think AW showing that it can happen because when AW first started, you're all kind of like, Oh, is this the real deal? Are they gonna be able to do it? But they've, they've got a track record now. Like I, I feel like it's such a, a viable choice. Yeah, there, there's way more evidence there that it makes sense for him than there once was, like, at Inception, for instance. Um, but, uh, like, yeah, Ke Kevin Owens has to be the, the only, like, really the only success story. Like, and I, I, with the men, anyway, I think there's lots of success stories with the women. There's also lots of failure stories with the women. But, uh, yeah, I, that's crazy, though. That was, what, four or five years ago? And the amount of talent that has come through NXT and has been squandered. Like, you have to think to yourself, if you are Adam Cole, you, like you say, you watch the Finn Balors, you watch the Samoa Joes, you, all these guys who have had amazing indie careers come to through NXT, been great on the mic, been great. Like, they're, they haven't had, I could see a guy who's bad on the mic or who's bad in the ring or has the wrong body, but these guys check all these boxes and still fail. Um, I, I do wonder about the overload and talent that is, is going to AEW now. Not everyone can be the main event guy and they've done a pretty good job so far of cycling through guys in an effective way, but that's going to reach a breaking point at some point. And I said this last week, like if they could, everyone needs to kind of take a step away. If the young bucks can take a step away, if Kenny Omega can take a step away, so on and so forth, they'll still have enough talent to draw in that they don't need those guys anymore. Um, and then once again, you can bring those guys back and make a big deal out of it. But yeah, I, I agree with you in the sense that it makes all the sense in the world for AEW to be his home. But I'm, I just don't feel it in my in, in my gut that that's going to be the case. Cody Rhodes is going to come back and have nothing to do. Sorry, Cody. There's just no time on the show for you. Uh, we did got get, for you. We did get Charlotte Flair, so uh, you're you're bumped right 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 down the card. It'll be like that Simpsons where uh, Homer gets that new job in the other town, and like Marge's at home, and all the, all the robots start cleaning her house. She has nothing to do but starts drinking wine. Cody was sitting down because everything's done and start drinking wine. <laughs> the Hank Scorpio. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, pockets but of sugar. But I feel like in AEW, even if they're not on the top of the card, they'll still throw their all into their programs that they have. And it would be really, really nice again to watch a two-hour wrestling show where I'm invested in pretty much every single segment and I'm going in different directions with the story. Right? Yeah. Again, I think. Yeah. I, when we talk of this show, it's hard not to sound too much like a mark for AEW, but it's the thing is, like, I've we had, what, how many years of WWE just kind of, like, doing wrestling the way I just don't enjoy it? So it's it's why I'm excited, and I'm probably getting overhyped, but I just, it kind of shows that even going back to basics can now seem seem super exciting, because it's just, like, basic wrestling. I'm like, yay, that's what I've ever wanted. And we, I don't know how many times we've had countless podcasts that me and Bowman have done where we talk about how, like... Yeah, maybe the story is A to B to C, but like it, it, that's fine sometimes. It can make sense and be okay and exciting. Like that doesn't need to be A to Z to three. Like I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need Braun Strowman going into garbage trucks all the time. Just give me a fucking story once in a while. We went to numbers, brother. What a swerve. <laughs> it went to A to Z to three. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I, I think I was worried at first with the inception of AEW that uh, it was flavor of the week in itself. That it was, oh, this is something new. This is something exciting. This is something that I haven't seen before in this way and on this big of a stage. 
And I think they've proven themselves to be more than that. Like they've put all the right money in all the right places and the creative is good. The stories are good and they're simple. They're not crazy. And then once again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I think they balance the line right between reality of professional wrestling and the storyline of professional wrestling. And it never seems to be crazy. Braun Strowman isn't, you know, Put, pulling over cement trucks or anything. Careful. <laughs> Some of us love that shit. <laughs> well, keeping with WWE for a bit, we've got some um, big matches they're building towards. So apparently Lashley Goldberg 2 is Yay. reportedly planned for Saudi Arabia <laughs> Crown Jewel October 21st. Skip, anybody have any interest at all? And not just seeing these two wrestle again, but seeing Goldberg wrestle again. Yeah, I have zero interest, and also I've made a point of never uh, watching in its entirety any of these Blood Money shows. Uh, so I've seen GIFs, I've seen clips, uh, but I have never supported it through the WWE Network, and I'm not about to now. And this is no draw, that's for certain. Once again, two of my least favorite wrestlers, maybe of all time. What's the opposite of a Mount Rushmore? Like, uh floorboards of glory like no that's that's too good no that's still glory that's also, that's also the good thing <laughs> basement of sadness swamps basement of sadness, sadness if we want to go to valley like, of <laughs> tears yeah but i want like uh, four faces up there as well like that's kind of anyway it doesn't matter uh the catacombs of of crying still working on catacombs it. of despair sounds <laughs> really go. good yeah you gotta go down a basement to see the faces <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, they would be up there for me uh, uh, in uh, regards to their all-time career. So I do not want to see this again, especially in Saudi Arabia. So Brock Lesnar hot-shotted in uh, at SummerSlam, apparently a direct response to CM Punk uh, debuting on Rampage. Good call, good call. Uh, they're, they're doing a slow build for that, though, for Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. People have been a little disappointed tuning into SmackDown and not seeing that storyline uh, flourish. Apparently, that'll be building towards either Survivor Series or Mike Paris's favorite shows that they do, uh, Saudi... Sold Crown out. Jewel, Blood Money, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, and maybe NWO sold out in January. Um, apparently, poor Finn Balor will be a placeholder challenger. Roman Reigns will run through him as they build the inevitable like Brock Lesnar match. How depressing is that for Finn Balor, where they're obviously going to slot him in, and he's got no chance of winning. He's just keeping the feud warm for, um, for uh, Brock Lesnar to come in. He's here for a reason, guys. They brought <laughs> yeah! him back for a reason. Uh, again, I, I I have such a blind spot for Brock. Like, it makes no sense for Reigns to beat him. Reigns is their guy. Uh, you know, you have Brock's a guy that can be credible no matter what you do with him. It's pretty hard to bury him at this point. So you have, you bring in Brock, you have a good buildup, and you have Roman beat him, and that's great for Roman. But Vince loves Brock. You know, he's just weird. He loves to vert shit. So honest to God, I could see it where, like, Brock just, like, suplexes Roman for 25 minutes. And I'm cheering every single one of them. The crowd's bored. People are booing. People are streaming out. I'm the one guy left cheering. Brock wins the title, and I'm super excited. <laughs> like, that's a dream scenario for me. Apparently, Brock Lesnar's deal runs to January of 2023, and financially, the rumor is that it works out to, like, $1.8 million, like, per match. They released so, so many people, Jesus Christ. Nobody benefited <laughs> from the CM Punk thing more than Mega Business Brock. Because, man, Brock, it's, how much money has he made since he returned initially in, what was it, 2012? He first made his comeback uh, after that WrestleMania where he beat up John Cena and kicked his hat. 
one of the best things ever. Was that 2012? Oh. I think so. Yeah, I think it's 2012, yeah. I mean, you look at it, like, obviously, we've all been talking about it's nice for wrestlers to get time off, and we don't want to do that hardcore schedule, but... And I'm a big Brock guy, but imagine just being a guy that was like you know, on the verge of being released or worried about being released. Then Brock comes in, works his 12 dates a year, and you're like, Jesus! <laughs> like again, full credit to Brock for earning and all that shit. But like, I'd be a little, a little depressed about that. 12 <laughs> like, is an exaggeration. Eight, I think. Eight, sorry, eight, <laughs> whatever it might be. <laughs> I'm sure he'll show up at a raw and not wrestle. It won't count, but he'll show up and dance and go in the back. So <laughs> he's got the blue oh, box briefcase yeah, exactly. again. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. like I said, I'm, I'm sure he was on. He was sitting by the phone as soon as CM Punk walked out on Dynamite, and he was just sitting by or on Rampage, just sitting by the phone, waiting for it to ring and waiting for Vince to come crawling back and backing up the Brinks truck. I could get behind. Okay, now here I'm about to shit on Brock Lesnar a little bit more, but I have some come creative. On. I have some creative, constructive criticism. If this was part of his character, I could get behind it. If he was more of like a prize fighter, I'm just here for the paycheck. I'm here to kill somebody and then I will leave. Let me take some money. Okay, bye. Like literally like I would love a little vignette of them backing up the money truck to his house or something like that. And just like him standing there just waiting for the cash to roll in. Like I would love that. I just he shouldn't have any other character though. I mean, they, also, they have you seen do his teeth that, though? Okay, don't just throw his teeth in at me. Give me Jimmy Johns comes with a price. Come on. No, look, here's the thing. The guy didn't eat vegetables for twelve years. Um, they had they did they did play it up like like Heyman did bring it up that like, that you've got to pay to see Brock and I was they did kind of lean into that a bit that he is like a prize fighter. They could lean into it more and they should because obviously if that's what he is. I agree. Like just make it in your face that helps him be healed. But now the rumors are they're going to try to make him a face, right? Like. I don't know if that's going to be easy to do when the guy's only working his eight events, you know, a year. I think it's going to be hard for people to get behind him in that sense. It's been, you know, years of him just being the prize fighter coming in. Real wrestling, not real wrestling, but like hardcore wrestling fans maybe not appreciate the fact that this guy's coming in with his eight events a year. I mean, I'll be cheering no matter what, but I think a lot of people, it's going to be tougher than to make that storyline work. And I'm worried that, you know, how the WWE is where if the fans aren't buying it, they're still going to try and force it to work. Like, one of my favorite things of all time was when the, the Rumble that Reigns didn't win, everyone was cheering their ass off for him, and then the, the year that they hated him, he wins. Like, it's so fucking bizarre, right? So it's like, are they going to do the same with Brock where it's not working? But in their heads, it's like, this will be a great, you know, we want Reigns and Lesnar to work. He'll be the fate. I don't know. I just don't know if it's going to work. I would just love something as, like, it could be as simple and as stupid as, like, we're going to give you a million dollars if you win the title off of Roman Reigns. And then he just, like, wins the title and just, like, throws it in the corner and just, like, takes a briefcase of money and leaves. Like, I could get behind something like that as for because that is Brock Lesnar. Let's turn that Brock Lesnar character up to 11. I know this is super like anti everything we've ever known about professional wrestling, but I've always wanted a gimmick where somebody won the title and just doesn't give a shit. And we're not talking Naito, like just throwing it around or whatever, but when uh, The Fiend won the Universal Championship, I never wanted to see him carry it out. I want to see him like, yeah, I'm just here to fuck shit up and kick people's asses. Uh, yeah, I have the title, but, you know, eh, big deal. It's not really what my motivation is. That's something I'd like to see where the title has been given enough appreciation that it is a big thing. But where WWE feels like it's so, they've already like belittled the, tor- the, the titles so long that I would just feel like another nail in the coffin for me. But yeah, and like an organization that made like, in the old, imagine it was like the mid 90s where like I fucking thought it meant everything. And imagine like a guy came along and did or something like that. And you had someone like Bret Hart being like, this guy didn't deserve that fucking triumph. He wouldn't say fucking. This guy, this guy's a jam up guy, but he didn't deserve that belt. That was before he went heel. Sorry. (laughs) What's that about? Hey, that's not nice. Yeah. Um, So yeah, like that would be kind of fun. It could work, but like I just, yeah, maybe not in WWE for me. 
Yeah, just disappointed it was always the Fiend-Seth Rollins feud was about the title and not, I just hate Seth Rollins and mm-hmm. I want to kick his ass. And if the title's just a byproduct from that. So we talked about Brock Lesnar possibly being face, but that maybe not being something that we'd be able to buy. Uh, Becky Lynch is back. Officially, she's a heel. Are we going to boo her or, or no? Nah? I don't, and I don't know. We'll see. We need to see how much heat she's got because she always she was on top of the world and not coming back the way she did. And you know, it's kind of like the Sheamus being Daniel Bryan and was it 17 seconds where you're kind of like, oh, like you kind of boo the, the situation. So it lends itself to booing Becky because like, oh, that wasn't great. Like the star was doing all this work and come in, and then you start with WWE. I found myself second guessing myself. Is that what they wanted me to do? So should I not boo? Like that's where I get like the fourth wall so broken for me. I'm like, I don't want to do what they want me to do. Like Princess it's a weird fucking situation. Yeah, it's a torture relationship with them, right? Like I don't like it. So. um you know, I'll see how it plays out. Uh, I don't necessarily feel like she's coming in with a ton of heel heat, but we'll see. Um, she can certainly play the heel, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like, yeah. Again, I'm sitting there honestly, the God, saying to myself, what does WWE want me to do? Should I just not do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> she became the mega face and the most over female in pro wrestling in a long time because they were trying to make her a heel and people just loved everything uh, she was doing and completely rejected what they wanted from the audience. It's such it's such an uphill battle, and I'm not sure it's worth the payoff. It, they're going to have to work so hard to push her the other direction. And when you it, and she didn't win that match in any way that made me hate her, other than the fact that it was Bianca Belair, and there there isn't enough there to work with in order to generate that heat because we all know as smart fans, and this isn't something that AEW would probably do, is that that wasn't Becky's decision. (laughs) She didn't decide to win that title. She didn't decide to win that way. That was a shitty creative decision that no one liked. We're making creative the heel. We're not making Becky the heel. She did nothing in that match other than win to to establish herself as a heel. And so it's a big-time uphill battle. Yeah, because you look at what happened with uh, Daniel Bryan years ago when he turned heel, when he kicked uh, AJ Styles in the balls uh, prior to that Brock Lesnar match, which kickstarted one of the best heel runs of the modern era, where one of the most beloved babyfaces of all time. People jumped on with hating that guy because he was so good. Do you see the same thing potentially happening with Becky Lynch, or are people just going to love her no matter what because she's a badass? Yeah, I don't know if she's got the the same level as Daniel Bryan. Obviously, that's a high bar. Like, will she be able to, to read the crowd and kind of lean into that, you know, the nuances of that? We'll see. But I do, yeah, I, I think it depends how they book her. If the booker is almost like, you know, a traditional heel and people enjoy that level, it'll be like people are going to cheer on. You're right. Like, it's one of those things where her being a badass is kind of lends itself to that Stone Cold style of like, oh, it's like the anti-hero. So if they play too close to that line, like people are going to gravitate towards cheering her. So it's like Mike said, it's an uphill battle to like kind of force it. And at that point, if it is an uphill battle, it, you tend to see WWE kind of force it too much. And that's when it becomes too like convoluted and you're too like, oh, you can see their hand on the puppet strings too much. And that's when I check out of those situations. Uh, Bowman, you reference this a lot is uh, that you refuse to ever cheer for a heel Kevin Owens because he is so good at being a heel. And I don't think that, and same, I felt the same way about uh, heel Daniel Bryan. It, it was just such a good character. There was so much put into it and you could tell it was coming from him, not from creative. And uh, I don't think Becky has that kind of momentum. And I totally echo why it said that's a, it's the, it's the, the Stone Cold Steve Austin anti-hero that we're working with right now. It's not a good heel. 
Right. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, well, that's it for Wide World of Wrestling. Let's uh, move on to uh, Mike Paris and a little Pusher Berry. All right, Mike, what do you have for us uh, this week on Pusher Berry? All right. I kind of uh, previewed this one already, but uh, let's talk about Karrion Cross on the main roster. Uh, and my biggest criticism thus far is no Scarlet. So Karrion Cross, no Scarlet, Pusher Berry. Oh, Barry, I mean, what, there's no... It feels like you lose a piece of your soul every time you come from NXT, whether it's your last name or a manager or a friend. I don't know why they feel the need to take something away from you when, like, you've got you're on you've got momentum, you're doing well in NXT, and you go somewhere else, and then away it goes. So I do not like that. Yeah, and I feel like it felt a little different, for instance, when, this is a weird reference, but when Enzo and Cass came up without Carmella, you felt like they did that because they had something in line for Carmella, which they do. And I don't think that's the case with Scarlett. I don't think she has any sort of run in her as a solo wrestler. So why take her away? Also, why change that entrance? Now, I thought the entrance maybe was a little bit overhyped, but it was still really cool. And that was, I mean, I'm not a carrying cross guy either, but that was probably the biggest thing about him was how badass that entrance was. And without her, it just, you know, you can't do it. And then they go putting him in, you know, the Lord Tenzai demolition uh sultan get up with his new bdsm gear and everything and it's just you're again you're adam cole watching that and here's a guy that you made sacrifices for to put over for a long time goes up to the main roster and this is what you're seeing uh and again as an an award-winning journalist i must break boundaries and uh randomly did you guys read the gangrel interview about how like aw wanted to bring him back to do his entrance and then when edge did it like we're good Sure did. <laughs> so sad. And how he didn't begrudge Edge his success at all. And no. they called him on the phone to ask, hey, did you see it? And Gangrel's like, yeah, man, it was great. But then apparently couldn't help himself from saying, yeah, you cost me a payday. <laughs> and mentioning how AEW was going to do that. But they canceled it because they did it on uh, WWE. And then Edge was super apologetic about it. Like, damn it, Gangrel, let the man have his fucking moment. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> was he going to do it with Christian? Or no, I think oh, no? they were just going to. He was just going to come up through the ring. Pop like, you don't even. You don't have the music, so you yeah. know, it's just a cir- <laughs> It's a circle of fire, and you're spitting a bunch of fruit juice around. I mean, you know, not the, exactly the brood. I, I hope it like on the phone call, like he just kind of like softly whispered, like I was going to fang and bang, man. <laughs> and then that just got really sad. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to fang and bang, and I could one more time. Either. Thanks to you. And it is congrats, Edge. Yeah. So, yeah, carry across San Scarlet Berry for me, too. Uh, the second one was uh, was his demolition outfit, but you already touched on that. Uh, <laughs> Barry. Yeah, Barry. Uh, all right, so this is kind of a two-parter. Uh, ROH, uh, banding with either AEW or WWE in, to create another uh, wrestling relationship. These these are really tough because it's like will both sides benefit? Like because again, you're, the biggest example is going to be WWE and WCW. So like, are it was one of those. And again, I don't think uh, ROH and WWE is good. That clearly WWE is not going to give a shit. They're going to bury the fuck out of anything to do with that. Uh, AEW, that's a question. Again, AEW at the end day, I think, and it's good business to be in business for yourself. Um, I don't know how much they would elevate ROH. So I honestly would bury that idea. But so, it's not like I'm like set in stone about that. They've they've uh, WWE has kind of absorbed Evolve as part of their attempt to kind of get into that world a bit more. So do they need to recruit more? Do they need to bring in more brands under their umbrella to kind of still build this talent? 
But with everything we've heard from WWE in the last like two weeks, are they even going to dip a toe? into the indies because they're all about they're going to create a wrestler factory with six five 300 pound guys out there and that's what they're going to do they're going to find people with the look and train them to be wrestlers dalton castle does not have a future in wwe jay lethal i've been a massive jay lethal fan for a long time jay lethal doesn't have a future in wwe either now you mentioned aew having a partnership with them and why it brought up a great point of can both sides benefit what exactly did impact wrestling wrestling get out of its association with AEW. Yeah, and, and I don't think I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I don't think they got enough out of it to begin with, right? So it's more of it's been like the Kenny Omega show and yeah, now Christian Cage got to tell we'll see where it goes, but I I it's one of those things where like if you're indie indie indie, maybe it does help you cuz you get your name out there, but I don't know necessarily think it helped impact enough and Ring of Honor is well known enough. I don't think it's going to help them as much either, but you know, I don't know I don't know the financials of it. I don't know what they think of it. I don't know if they need the help. I don't know, but yeah, I would try and stay away from that and just try again. Indie, the indie scene is very is if if WWE is going to back off from the indie scenes, as we kind of heard the rumors, uh, you know, it's better. What better time than now to kind of like build yourself up again? Yeah, we also think about WWE's relationship with ECW back in the day, which primarily was formed so they would have first crack at that talent to try and cut the legs out from WCW. And aside from, you know, sending Al Snow down to wrestle some matches and Brackus and stuff, uh, ECW didn't exactly get a whole lot out of that deal. So, you know, I wouldn't trust WWE as far as I can throw them. Yeah, I haven't seen the numbers, but I assume that more eyes were on Impact based on their... AEW relationship so I, I think there is some symbiosis to be had here but I think that and maybe through Evolve it's how they're going to do it but I think WWE can't leave that world entirely there's only so many football players you can train uh, and you need guys to put them over and you need guys to work with them so uh, whether or not that's Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa and the, and the like or whether or not that's new indie talent that they're bringing through but I think the last guy that came from Evolve was Austin Theory, and they're not exactly pushing him to the moon. So, to I mean, the you, moon. You, <laughs> you just <laughs> mentioned two names right there. What's Johnny Gargano's future in WWE? I know he's NXT for life. This is my segment. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Barry> Johnny Gargano. <laughs> sorry. No, the floor is yours, Mike. <laughs> go ahead. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> like Tommaso Ciampa. An amazing wrestler, great talent. Worst thing they ever did was give that guy theme music. With, you know, potentially the changes coming, where do those guys go? Where do they get utilized in that massive company? Oh, clearly. I, I think... I, I, I'm going to say now that they're clearly stepping stones for, for delaying the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns showdown. They, the Pin Balor blueprint's there. They step in and keep the seat warm and are there for a reason. And that's what's going to happen. If you're an award-winning uh, writer for wrestling, I would hate to to see all your repetitive articles about Brock Lesnar and his suplexes. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's a star, so he'd be like, "Wow, who's not? Why is someone not covering this star wrestler the best in the world?" Come on, I have to do it. That's wow. the story. Yeah, Brock. I love the article you wrote where you ranked all of the 16 suplexes Brock Lesnar gave John Cena at SummerSlam that year. I'll we can all agree one. number was seven crazy. was the best. But no, like, all I, was a, for one. I was a fan of 11. I think 11 was really, because that's when it became a real, real thing. So, all right. So, bury those relationships. Paris, what else you got? Uh, I was just going to say that I think that the I think everyone's happy with where they are in the Gargano, uh, Ciampa, et cetera, relationship. I think they are the guys you keep around to help build other talent. They're smart. They're good in the ring. 
they, I don't know if this is the case, but they seem like good coaches, good trainers, good people to work with. So I think they're probably happy where they are and, and sticking around. I could totally see like uh, Johnny and Candace being the lead trainers at, at the at the performance center at some point for the men and the women. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, all right. Next at the list here, the Judas sing along push or bury. I don't like the song, so I'm going to bury it. Uh, it had the perfect send-off, if you want one. There you go. Like everyone's saying it. He had his moment. He said it was one of his greatest moments of his career. So, I mean, I know Paris is the one who usually buries Jericho, but I'll just bury the song. I'm just not a fan. It's fun. Okay, it's fun because it is fun to see that happen, that sort of stuff, but I just I just don't like it. Yeah, are, just... are you not a fan of the song or are you not a fan of the premise? Uh, it's the song. Oh, yeah, bro. premise fine. Like that's fine. Like if you're if the crowd's evolved in it, why am I, I'm not gonna shit on it, right? Like that's fun. Like why would I want to say like boo? Like well, people didn't like the Fondango shit, right? Like, if I was like, oh that that's bullshit, that would be you know why they're having fun. They're Fondango didn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. As much as Chris Jericho put him over with that fucking, <laughs> <laughs> as he tells he was, us all the time, <laughs> he was the most overact at that at that WrestleMania because of Chris Jericho. As much as I want to believe that, uh, if if someone's evolved like that, that's what you want to see. So I'm never gonna like you know behoove someone from doing that. But the song itself, I'm just tired of it. I actually uh, pulled up that song on Spotify and listened to it after that musicless entrance. I had never heard the actual song individually by itself before, but I was what? curious. Yeah, I've only ever heard it. It's from not on his your workout playlist. No, it's not. Yeah, it's on my it's on my post meditation playlist. It brings me back to the intensity level I need to get at for a day of work after spending time on my cushion. But uh, yeah, I think it's fun. I do think it's kind of run its course now, though. I'm not saying he changes his music, but I mean that was its apex right there. No music, all crowd sing along. You don't get any higher than that. What's the likelihood he comes back with another song? And I don't tries think... to pull something similar off again. <laughs> as good as Chris Jericho is at reinventing himself and all that he's accomplished in his long storied career, I'm saying it right now. I don't think Jericho has it to get two Fozzie songs over. I just, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the link. Is that he clearly loves Fozzie a lot? I think he's a mark for his Fozzie band, obviously. So I don't think he's going to give it up again. We've seen him reinvent himself, and he, you know, remember when he came back and didn't say a word, and the hell, like that was like, what the hell is he doing? He like he does fun things all the time. Um, and if he was not being biased, I think it would be a great thing to change songs now. Cause like you said, that was the apex, but he just, he really, he really likes his band, man. I don't know if we can give that up. Why you just mentioning his gimmick of coming back and not saying anything and just leaving just brought up my, oh, my most wanted will never happen. That was the only chance in history it could have. Fantasy Royal Rumble finish, where 28 and 29 eliminate the, each other at the same time, and 30 is just going to automatically win if he gets to the ring, and that would have been Chris Jericho. Walks out to the ring, steps through the ropes, wins the Royal Rumble without doing a goddamn thing. We were so close, and it will <laughs> never happen again. That would have been brilliant. Yeah, that would have been brilliant, that. Paris. All right, well, speaking of sing-alongs, Here's the next pusher berry. Hit row. I like hit row. I do. I don't know what it is, but I I like hit row. Actually, I kind of do too. I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and push that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you like all four of them? Do you think any changes need to be made? See where you they like go. The whole premise of it. 
see where they go. I think of I'm not you know lumping them in here, but I think of the original, well, not the original, but like the second run of the Nation of Domination, where you had like you know Kama and you know The Rock was in there and Mark Henry and Farouk is like let's let them grow as a unit, see what they do. You you don't know where that's gonna go, but I like Hit Row. I like them all as performers, and I'm you know I'm into it when they're on TV. That's all you need. No, I can exactly what you're saying. I want to see where they go. I have no like nothing locked in my head of what they should or shouldn't be. I, it's one of the things where I'm intrigued though to see what they're going to end up doing. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised how behind them the crowd seems to be. They seem into it, uh, and this is kind of one of those things that seems um, organic. Uh, like we've seen so many great success stories come out of NXT from that organic regular fan base like i think about like bailey for instance as a good character that came from just those regular fans who are there every single week watching that show and in the arena getting really really behind uh, a part of the product because i think they're supposed to be heels really is what they're going for but i think they're getting over his faces here so it'll be interesting to see how far they can take it I think you can argue like the Street Profits had a same kind of a same mm-hmm. the same type of growth with those fans that were there like every single time. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's cool to see, right? It's cool yeah. to see that, and it has a different. It's kind of like the Judas sing along, like that happened seemingly organically, and it's kind of fun to see it grow that way, um, based on those regular fans who were there in Jacksonville every week, right? So it's a fun thing to see and i'm glad to see that nxt is kind of back to those regular uh fans in the arena to watch the show okay look that might be exciting uh but as an award-winning journalist i must ask you a hard-hitting question is the uh, Brock Lesnar? it almost was uh aren't you more <laughs> excited to see goldberg fight again come on come on <laughs> yeah i mean it's so organic it feels so <laughs> yeah. speaking natural. of organic I mean, goldberg's matches. coming back like bobby lashley goldberg like wow just because, we'll, we'll agree. Just, just because Goldberg's matches are shit doesn't mean they're organic. Hey, hey, him versus William Regal was delightful. <laughs> when William Regal started doing moves on him in the ring, love that match. <laughs> Becky Lynch is a heel. It's also organic. I know. <laughs> uh, lastly, but not leastly, let's talk about NXT's new logo. And I feel like they kind of snuck in that old new logo, which had a weird, like, death eagle over it. And now they seem to yeah. have gone the entire opposite direction and it looks like something that came off of nickelodeon kids so let's take a look at the nxt logo and what do you guys think so first of all i will bury that uh, nxt logo that had that simpsons angel thing remember when they found that angel Mm. skeleton on the simpsons that's what they slapped the nxt logo on (laughs) i'm gonna bury that and as far as the new nxt logo and stuff goes if you're gonna change things and nxt as we knew it is is over had a great run but it's done i'm thinking i'm not pushing it as though i'm in support of it but i'm shrugging my shoulders and saying fine yeah whatever so uh, people are saying a couple things like a it looks like something out of a kid's television show. They're also saying it's a little reminiscent of the AEW Dynamite logo with kind of the paint splash kind of logo element to it. So is that are those reasons to 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 bury this? I'm not going to bury cuz like like Bowman said like it's a change of the guard and if NXT's not going to be like that high level uh, you know way it was treated before and it's going to be kind of lower end however they're going to do it then that's fine like the logo itself to me it's like sure why not throw some paint on it and see what happens like if that's the direction go for it because i feel like with that weird death angel logo they were really pushing the like uh poppy and this like metal music and like Mm -hmm. that was the brand and now it's i guess they're kind of pushing it the other way and i don't who knows what this 
what this logo means or if it means anything, but I, it certainly seems as if they're trying to shift the perspectives. Loser of the match, every single match gets the ooze splashed on him. Perfect. That's what I was thinking. Just like yep, fucking thinking. double dare. Yep. 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 That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Nickelodeon. Obstacle, more obstacle courses. Yeah. Yep. I like Samoa it. Samoa Joe's going to sell that ooze real well. <laughs> oh, man. That's the thing is there's going to be some people. I mean, you mentioned Champa and Gargano being great coaches and stuff, but there's going to be some people left behind there. It's just going to be a little bit sad to watch them. You know, how's Samoa Joe going to fit into this new direction? Yeah, like Joe obviously is the guy that they're, it seems like a transitional title holder to me, maybe just ride out his career as making some history as the first three-time NXT champion. A guy I am sincerely concerned about, and this is for other reasons, is Pete Dunne, who seems to be kind of falling in the backseat to the guy that meets the image more for them in who, whatever his name is, Buddy Who Carries the Cane. Uh, I don't even remember his name. Anyone? Buddy who carries the cane? Yeah, he carries like a little stick and he wears a little hat. I Cameron Grimes? No, no. <laughs> exactly my point. Anyway, <laughs> Pete Dunn is playing second oh, fiddle to uh, this. Gallagher. Nope. Jack, Jack Gallagher? That was an <laughs> no. umbrella, not a cane. That was a rain cane. Oh my gosh, don't cane. make me Google it him again. Anyway, long story short, they have this big British guy who's a big ass kicker who now Pete Dunn is playing second fiddle to as as part of his kind of english stable uh and the guy looks good he he fills that role but is pete dunn now falling in the background to him because he fits that mold more where pete dunn is entering the apex of his career and is an amazing talent both on the mic and in the ring but maybe he's a little small for wwe I also like Pete Dunn a lot, but what more does Pete Dunn have to accomplish in that system? Yeah, exactly. He's not going any further, and I don't think he has what they're looking for moving forward. So he does kind of seem like he's trying to enhance this other guy who obviously isn't memorable because I don't remember his name. Well, I mean, we're seeing people we're worried about. Kyle O'Reilly, what's going to happen with him? Local An boy. Amazing, like, amazing, amazing talent. talent. But is that a guy that Vince is going to see, you know, what he's got? I don't know. I'm worried about that, too. But it's also, like, obviously everyone's going to, like, fantasy book. Oh, God, I can just go to AW stuff. But, like, to Mike's point, like, there's only so many spots. So, it's, like, spots are running out. There would hopefully be a spot for him in WWE. But I don't know if they'll know what to do with him. How did they fuck up Nakamura? Honestly. <laughs> exactly. Right? I mean, Paris, you were talking about NXT call-ups that just, that just didn't work. Good God. That's just... So many of them are disappointing, but that one almost more than any, because that first match he had with Sami Zayn was incredible. Yeah, that was an all-time NXT match. And then uh, you referencing people getting kicked in the balls earlier made me think of the like much-anticipated match between him and AJ Styles uh, that everyone in the world was waiting for, because it's like, they have AJ Styles, they have Shinsuke Nakamura. Wrestle Kingdom was one of the greatest matches ever. Let's see it on WWE. And it was hot garbage that they put on Backlash or something. It's amazing how they can have the unique ability to just ruin things. <laughs> Biggest mistake I ever made was watching the Wrestle Kingdom match the day before their WrestleMania match. 
and tricking myself into thinking that they would let them go even within 100 yards of what they were able to do at Wrestle Kingdom. Because you know the two performers would, but they have to work the WWE style. They can't overshadow everything else on there. So that match has to have a producer. They can't just go out and call it in the ring, which would have been you know what people were looking forward to instead of being that big disappointment that it was. Well, like while we're throwing everything out, why can't we just throw out the WWE style? Like I don't understand why they have to stick within this framework and can't let people go, uh, especially the people who know what they're doing. And and you know it makes sense to an extent for some matches and for some reasons. Uh, but when you know that these guys aren't going to go out there, they aren't going to do anything stupid. They aren't going to do anything that where they're bleeding or there's crazy headshots like they can skip all that stuff and still put on a great show and then you you put that that ball and chain on them that uh prevents them from doing anything fun so yeah we, we you know we only know so much but when we hear even like the, the quotes you hear over the years if it was from triple h himself just talking about how like i think triple h once said about seth rollins like bring him in and kind of like teaching the wwe way and getting that indie out of him and kind of making it do their style like you hear even the top guys and they almost take pride in it like oh they got to learn the, i don't know they're not gonna say it the right way but that's what the inflection i get is oh we gotta learn the right way to wrestle this is the way to do the business and that leads into the idea that like hey man they they want to go to the gym and find the next batista find the next John Cena, a guy working out and who can do the W style, doesn't need all those, you know, bad habits that they have to work out of the system. They just come in and they can learn the way they want. And that kind of lends itself to the factory they're kind of put together. And it's, you know, not shocking that if you look at the, you know, we're sitting here struggling to come up with NXT success stories, but we can sit there. If I said, like, give me a bodybuilder who had success in W, you'd have tons of them. Even if it was like, you know, Seamus, you know, Triple H's workout partner getting there, whether it's Batista, who, again, we talked about too, how like Triple H held everyone down, but, you know, Big Dave got the push of all of anyone, right? Because he's a big guy and had the look and it wasn't wrong. I'm not saying it was wrong. There's going to be some successes, but there's a reason they, they, they do things that way. And then when there was no competition, you know, we were forced to accept it and that's just the way it is. And you had new fans come up going like, well, this is the way it is. Why are you so bitter? Just enjoy the product. But there's a reason why I'm drawn to AEW is because there's all shapes and sizes can get in there. And at the end of the day, the story is what's important. And I don't know, I don't need it to be some giant meathead in the, in the ring who can't go. Like that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see guys just give it their best. And that's what I want to see. Right on. Something I liked about NXT and its prime was, uh, there are no small guys when everyone's a small guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's true. It, you know, Absolutely. it's only it's only a a differential that makes the difference. And I can't tell if Finn Balor is five foot ten because Adam Cole's five foot eight, and it all looks the same to me, right? So I just don't I don't understand. Like maybe in they want them to be bigger in real life, uh, but really, like the content you're selling is the television product, and I don't need everyone to be big on the television. Just shoot them from a low angle. Tom Cruise is four foot eight. You wouldn't know from watching any of his movies. Yeah, it was that Survivor Series and all those showdowns they had with the main roster that really sort of magnified the fact that, yeah, Tommaso Ciampa, he's a little dude. Adam Cole's a little dude. Uh, O'Reilly, the whole slew of them. But yeah, Paris, to your point, when they're all that same size, it doesn't matter. And you don't focus on that. I think, again, I don't know who said this, and it probably was Kevin Nash, Shock of Shocks, who just talked about, like, when you're seen at the airport, you know, you want it, like, and you're the champion, you want to be huge and towering over people so you look like a wrestler versus, like, oh, you meet someone, like, oh. I think, to, to go to a different sport, Alan Iverson had a story, like, he's sitting there, and some guy keeps staring at him, and Alan Iverson goes, shorter than you thought, huh? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, because Alan Iverson is really short, but he could dominate in the court. So there is that idea that the older crew, like, they want, like, and I, I, I admit it, if, you see, if I saw Brock Lesnar in real life and he was huge and imposing, that is impressive, but that's not everything. 
If you saw him, you'd be making out with him. It'd be too late. I'd be, hey, Brock, take me now. Uh, out of my way, Sable. He's mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but like, I, I, I don't think that the current day fan who has aged with this product, I and I realize they're trying to appeal to kids and stuff as well. I don't think that larger than life aspect is the same as it was 25 mm-hmm. years ago. And, and we should stop acting like it is. But anyway. And it's also that they they want this and they want it to be cheap because they have that, what they're looking for in Braun Strowman, but he costs too much damn money because they backed themselves into a corner. But he's the exact exact example. The the prototypical example of what they're looking for and they couldn't afford to keep him and just had to cut him. Like he was a crazy athlete too. Braun Strowman, one of the most impressive wrestlers to come along in a while and fits perfectly in that style, but yep, just didn't So how did they manage to price themselves out of themselves? With Braun Strowman. Like, is this Jim Benning? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> can, we, can we all just take a moment to remember one of Brock Lesnar's greatest moments in which Braun was a little loose in the ring, so Brock oh, dropped with a jab. That was pretty great. That <laughs> Two was shots to, to learn I, I, a lesson. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty great. That was a great moment in wrestling history. To close out the show, we're going to go with another moment in This Week in Wrestling History. All right, so the date was August 26th, 1991. We've gone over some, you know, moderately grim stuff here, but it was the match made in heaven, match made in hell at SummerSlam. Hogan and Warrior versus, yeah, we're not going to talk about them jumping on the whole Gulf War thing, uh, but we are going to talk a little bit about love. Macho Man Randy Savage marrying Miss Elizabeth in the ring. Um, Macho Man, of course, with when he's asked, oh, do you take this woman? There's a pause. There's a pause, and they're building it up. Oh, is he having cold feet? He's having cold feet. And then he gives everybody what they want with a, ooh, yeah. Good shit. Now, this is, is not directly, but indirectly. Well, it's related to probably one of my earliest wrestling memories, memories ever, uh, which is... My brother, I'm pretty sure for his entire life since this moment, has worked on his... Miss Elizabeth, will you marry me? Impression. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I hear it at least a couple times a year, like up to this point, every time I re- reference wrestling in front of him. And so I remember that from 1992. And uh, and of course it led to this moment. So, yeah. Yeah. And she accepted that proposal with... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good Yo, shit, just- man. It's such wrestling. And again, we, it goes back to what we've talked about all episodes. Simple storytelling. Nothing crazy about it. Even like Hulk Hogan being like, oh, you're looking at my woman. All this stuff that came from it and all the, all the like, even, yeah. All the storylines that came from that relationship was very wrestling over the top and was silly and fun and was kind of the golden era where you just like, and that was when I was young enough to talk to her. I wasn't like, I didn't have any jerseys. I wasn't thinking online. I wasn't like, oh, is there movies coming up? Are they going to take time off? It was just, it was what it was. Macho Man was marrying Miss Elizabeth. They were the power couple. Uh, and it was just, yeah, you didn't have to think. It was just, you just watched what played out. It was, it was so much fun. Do, do you think uh, 30 years from now, kids will be referencing Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell in the same way? I don't think 30 minutes from now, kids will be referencing <laughs> Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. But also with this wedding, 
it may it main evented SummerSlam. They went off the air with them walking out of the ring happy with their nuptials. And then, of course, you had the extra bit afterwards at the reception. That's where the wrestling showed up, where uh, Jake the Snake Roberts gifted them a cobra in a box. <laughs> and Elizabeth flipped out. The production value on this, incredible. Close-up shots of the snake. Close-up shots of people freaking out about the snake. Again, good shit. I mean, how much is a Cobra? Probably not cheap. Like, that was probably a pretty generous gift. You want a Cobra? I'll get you a Cobra. <laughs> 20 minutes, I'll get you a Cobra with paint on it. I mean, that's kind of like uh, a little bit of the precursor to these, like, scripted matches we have, or like the Matt Hardy matches. Like, they had, like, these big, big things in the back with the, yeah, it's kind of like the outside of the wrestling uh, level. I loved it. And, and again, it's, there, if there are two, two weddings that I will always love for different reasons, it's this one. Uh, and of course, Triple H and Test and Stephanie McMahon. Just the stupidest thing of a stupid fucking look on Not Edge and Lita. <laughs> not Billy and Chuck. No, no. It's true. Because it is like, you look at it like, oh, she was passed out, so got married to her. It's so stupid. <laughs> He's doing the ventriloquist gimmick with her. <laughs> yes, I did, Triple H. I love you, I did. <laughs> Some irresponsible officiant there in Las Vegas. She dropped the ball big time on that. I love the Billy and Chuck one uh, just because the Eric Bischoff uh, reveal of him under all that makeup. That was legitimately impressive. And the way they built up to it with they'll be together whether it's for 10 years or six months or three minutes. And then three minute warning came out and just beat the fuck out of everybody. That's that's good stuff. But yeah, here's a classic wrestling wedding with no chicanery until the reception. And I tell you, I've been to worse receptions than that. So <laughs> you've DJed most of them. Oh, <laughs> I've just investigated a murder. I am now a murder journalist. My God. We'll add a sound effect of uh, the barbershop window breaking because Paris just threw me through it. Ouch. Jesus. Damn. All right, the heels, no in, the heels in them. I told you it's there. Yeah. It's going to come out. Uh, there's nowhere else to go here. Uh, there, I think we just got to close the book on this show. There was a yeah, murder. No, that's a that mic was my drop finisher. There. Time to go home. Yeah. The yeah. mic drop. <laughs> that's his finisher. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, that closes the book on another episode of NEW Wrestle Nation. You can follow us on Twitter at NEW WrestlePod and be sure to follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at NEW Wrestling Inc. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. If you're on iTunes, leave a rating and leave a review. Again, a second show was added for NEW1 at 2 p.m. Saturday, September 11th. We ran down the card for you earlier. It's going to be an incredible day of wrestling. You do not want to miss out. So you could get your tickets again at nationextremewrestling.com. Uh, that's all for this week. For the Stanchion Wyatt Art, the architect Mike Paris, I'm Jay Bowman, and we'll see you guys on the other side of All Out.